Are you glad to be here today? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We worship you. We thank you for this day, for Mother's Day. We thank you for your love for us, Father, and we thank you for our, our mother's love for us. Father, we ask you today to bless this word as we share about love. Bless the, bless the ears, Father, that are open to hear, the hearts that are good ground. That your word goes forth, Father, and it, it rings true to who we are. I thank you, Father, that it grows up fruit in our life, a great harvest. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is good, huh? Amen. I just wanted to share, you know, over the next couple of weeks. Thanks, fellas. Give them a hand, huh? It's good stuff. They hang out with me all the time. Johnny, nice job. Just over these last, next couple of weeks, I just wanted to share. Many, you know, many of you haven't been around for a long time. Many of you are new. Many of you have been here for a couple of years. But, you know, I, I, I just wanted to felt to share a little bit about, about the vision of Victory Christian Center, the fact that, that we're a church that's planted in this community to bring and to share God's love, His acceptance, and His forgiveness with everyone that we meet. And we say in our, in our website, in our stuff, both locally and globally. And we do that by helping people find Jesus and helping people learn to love Him more. I mean, that's what we're about. You know, that's what the church is here for. That's what they planted the church, uh, what they felt like God put in their heart to come and plant the church for. And really, truly, what it continues to be as we grow. You're all part of that. We got all kinds of new members, been through the membership class and everything else. So, you know, that's who we are as individuals, too. You're kind of alongside us. We've all joined arms, and we're going forward doing that. So I wanted to talk just a little bit about those three topics, love, acceptance, and forgiveness, and this week to share about love. It's Mother's Day, and, and I know that, that God is really truly considered, you know, He's our Father. But I'm telling you what, He loves like a mother. He loves like a mama. And, and, and He cares about us, and He loves us. And it says in 1 John 4, 8, really truly, that God is love. That's what He is. That he can't help it. It's, it. it's his whole being. That's what he's about. And you know what? He's planted that. As he planted Jesus into this earth, then he's gone and he's planted that in your life and in my life as we turn ourselves over to him and to Jesus Christ. The title of the message today is Love Like a Mother. Okay? It's not like love like a mother. Oh, that's sweet. No, you've got to have love like a mother. Go out there and love people like a mother. Go out there and... Anyway, you'll get it by the time we're done. In John 3, 16 and 17... If you go back and look at those scriptures, we know John three sixteen. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It wasn't because he wanted more folks to be around. It wasn't. It's because God loved us. We said in 1 John 4, 8 that God is love. You know, and I think a lot of the time as we come out of our household and as we leave our homes, many times the people who have been closest to us have been some of the people, and I'm not saying it's everybody, but they've been some of the people that have hurt us the worst. You know, maybe it was a parent or a sibling, but maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was a relationship that you had. Maybe it was a broken marriage or a broken relationship with a, with a brother, you know, from work or something. You know, who knows? And I think many times we tell people or we talk to people about Jesus, and you say, you know what? He doesn't want to just, it's just not religion. He wants to have a relationship with you. And then we hearken back to this thing in our life, and we go, you know what? All the relationships I've had have been trash. They've, they, I've always come out on the bottom end. I don't want anything to do with that. People are condemning, and they're hateful, and they hurt you, and all of those kind of things. That's not God. And actually goes on and says in, in verse 17 that he did not come, Jesus. He didn't send Jesus into this world to condemn the world. But he actually sent Jesus into this world to save us. And so no matter what your relationship history is like, whether it was good or whether it was bad, whether you had a great experience and walked in love and people treated you kindly and they poured out God's love into your life everywhere that you went, 
or whether you were trashed around a little bit and people kind of didn't do you right and things didn't go well. I am telling you what, that, that, is, man, that is not God. He loves you. And he cares about you and he's not here to condemn you. He's here to, to save you. That's why he sent Jesus. And in our life, it's not just the fact that we have to recognize and realize that God is love, that Jesus came and gave his life because he loved you and he loved me. As he was sharing with his disciples, there's no greater love than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus went to the cross for you and for me because he loved us. So God's love was passed on from himself to Jesus and then really to us as we come to him. But there's another part to all of that, and it's part of the vision of Victory Christian Center, not just to introduce folks to the love of Christ, not just to introduce folks to that unconditional agape love that really truly says, man, it it is always about giving. It is always about you. It is always, see, God loves us in a way that it doesn't matter how bad we've been, what we've done, all those kind of things. That agape love is that love that says, you know what? I'm forgetting about me. I'm forgetting what's what's best for me. I I am focusing and concentrating on you. That's his agape love. And then he asks us. He demonstrates it by sending Jesus. And then when Jesus has died on the cross and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, he actually then asks us as his disciples to say, you know what, can you go love folks? It's not just something that that, that he said, you know what, if you could, if it works, if it fits in your schedule. He actually says in John chapter 13. She'll put it on the screen for you as we go. But it says in John chapter 13, a new commandment. I give you. Say commandment. (laughs) Ah, that's not the one that says, you know what, if you feel like it today, be nice. That's the one that says, this is the new commandment. that This says, "Ah, go love folks. Have you ever had your mama say that? Be nice. Usually when you're in a car and she's putting on her makeup like in that video and you're doing something to your sister in the back and and all of a sudden, man, you know, she's got like go-go gadget arms and they come around those things and whack and whoa, how did she do Be nice, I said, you know, God's not going to get you. But he is saying, be nice, love everybody. He goes on in that verse, says, a new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Now, this is the kicker. See, if you go to verse 35, this is the kicker because we all say we love Christ. We're part of his family. We're part of his household. We want his goods. We want his blessing in our life. But it goes on in verse 35 and says, you know what? I'm not judging you, but I will tell you this. People are going to see that you are a disciple of mine if you love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one for another. And I know you've probably seen people, you've probably been in situations, you've probably been places where you thought, you know what, I'm going to love everybody but that one. And I'm done with that one, I've had enough, and maybe your mom said that about you one day. I know my mom had plenty of opportunities with my brother and I. Not that angel over there that sits there and sings all the time, just praises the Lord all the time. You know, boys, if we just praise and sing a little bit, it'd be better but I tie your hair in a knot and I set your shoes on fire. (laughs) She was sweet. She was really sweet. But she might be the thing that kept mom going in all that time. Because there were times I know she wanted to just cream us. There might have been times where she said, oh, God, I love that daughter. But is there any way you could release me from those two urchins (laughs) that keep coming around eating all the food? See, if there's, because, you know, you, you, maybe you have kids, 
And you know, there's some, you know, I gotta, you gotta, I gotta love you. (laughs) God loves you and he cares about you. And it actually says in Romans chapter five, verse eight, it says, even while you were sinning, even while you were messed up, even while you were jacked up, he still gave his life for you. Thank goodness that mamas are praying for the little ones. Maybe you have some who are with you today at church. Maybe you have some you've been praying for and they're on your list. Maybe on your list of five that we pray for the first Sunday of every, of every month. Maybe they're, keep praying, keep standing. See, I was on somebody's list one time and nobody stopped praying for me. Nobody stopped loving me. In the end, I'll share a little bit. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't get to be this guy because somebody beat me over the head and told me how horrible I was. Somebody loved me. Even when I didn't deserve to be loved. So when Jesus speaks and he says, you know what? This commandment I'm giving you today to go and love. This is a new commandment. You know what? Go love folks. And the first thing we think is that's awesome. I love everybody at church. (laughs) We all get along. It's good stuff. He didn't say love people at church. Well, I love my kids. I love my wife. He didn't say just love folks in your house. This is my new commandment that you just love your wife and your kids with all your heart. He didn't say that. He said, go out and love folks. Go love people. And in Luke chapter 10, it's the story of the Good Samaritan. And, and we know the story, really, truly. It's this man who came to Jesus and he said, hey, I, I want to know the meaning. I want to know the truth. I want to know how I can find everlasting life. And Jesus began to speak to him. You know, they always came and they always had that, that thought. They always wanted to come. And, you know, many times I think we're a whole lot more like the people in the Bible who were the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the lawyers and all those than we want to give ourselves credit for. But he comes and, and, and he, says, he says, teacher, 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 what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, what's your understanding? What's your reading of the law or of the scripture? And he said, he answered Jesus and he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and you, with all your mind. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the man said, awesome, or, you know, Jesus said, that's awesome. You've answered rightly. He said, do this and you will live. And then the man wasn't justified because it goes on in the next verse and says, the man wanted to justify himself. Really, what he wanted to say was, okay, who don't I have to love? See, because we're all about loving the lovely. We're all about loving nice folks. We're all about loving each other. And we come to church and we love each other, and that's good. Don't love somebody and go home and say bad things about them. You know, we love our family. We love our friends, the people who are with us. But what he's sharing in this story is a story of a good Samaritan. See, and the deal is, that guy didn't like the other guy. They weren't supposed to get along. They were enemies. They weren't best buddies. Their people types, their people groups were against each other. It wasn't the greatest situation. It all made sense at the time. So what he was saying was, you got to go out and you got to love everybody, and everybody's your neighbor. That's the end of the story. But the guy wanted to know, who don't I have to love? And I think many times we don't ask Jesus that, but we're hoping that he tells us we don't have to. See, there were days my mom, I'm sure, didn't want to, but I always knew she did. Even when I was getting in trouble, I knew she loved me. Because she wouldn't correct me just because she didn't like me. She was correcting me because I needed it and she loved me and cared a lot about me. You know, she gave her life for us and laid her life down for us and worked hard, did all those kind of things. It's just, it's just the love of a mother. It's just like Jesus coming to this earth and giving his life for each one of us. And then what he asks us to do is go out and turn and love like that to the people who are around us. 
The lovely folks is easy. Loving all you, like 90% of you, I love like with all my heart. There's some of you that just, you know, drive me crazy. <laughs> Pastor Bill loved everybody for a long, man, he was all about love. And then one day, man, it was like that was over. <laughs> if you've been around here for a while, it was like, he was like, yeah, you know what we do? We string them up. Okay, we need to, maybe Pastor Pam can take, we need something. Um, <laughs> not that, no, just the grace had lifted at the moment and it was time to, it was all right. But you're lucky like I am that he didn't ever stop because a lot of y'all needed a lot of love. In Luke chapter 6, it says, verse 27, not only does God love us, that he cares for us, that he sent Jesus into this earth, not only did Jesus love us, that he died on the cross for us and he gave his life so that you and I could live and be a part of his family. He's commanded us, like we read in John, to love one another. And then in Luke 10, to go out and to love our neighbor as ourselves. But here it says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. She doesn't just say, you know what, love like, love like, you know, like 95% of them. But that person that, that smacks you, you know, you don't have to love them. Nope, it ain't even answers that question down here. Verse 28 says, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. Some of you, that's your kids. You know, maybe they only show up when they need something. Keep loving them. I know they've hurt you. I mean, that's a tight relationship. Maybe they don't even realize how much they've hurt you. Keep loving them. Keep loving them. The love of God makes a difference. The love of God changes people. The love of God changes situations. Keep loving. Verse 29 says, To him who strikes you on one cheek... Offer the other also. My brother and I practiced that all the time. I'd punch him. And then I'd quote the word. Now turn around. Give me the other one. I used to pin him down. <laughs> I reminded him of this when I was out there a couple of weeks ago. I, I was a little bigger than him. So in this kid, I'm not kidding you. This was not unprovoked. This kid was horrible. He was heinous. He, he was... Vile. That, I mean, that kid just, he has a way to get under the skin that is just unbelievable. And he would torment me to no end. And I was so kind, <laughs> sensitive, you know, and loving. <laughs> that when mom wasn't around <laughs> and I'd had enough, I, I, I would, I, 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 <laughs> if you're an older brother, don't do this if you're young enough, but I'd pin him down. And then I'd, I'd lean over the top of him, and I'd start smacking him. Not hard, come on, he's my brother. Just hard enough to make him cry. <laughs> Not anything really bad, but just enough, you know, just enough to get a good sting. And then when the tears would start to flow, then I'd start tickling him. Why are you crying? And then he'd start laughing. I'd say, what, is it funny? Smack, smack, smack. So we practiced turning our cheek, you know, back and forth. I was not always this pleasurable person you see before you. <laughs> but it goes on, and it says, And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. He did that too, because he dried all my good clothes and shrunk them so he could wear them. 
and I'd get a new tunic, and he'd shrink that too. Anything that had polo on or anything nice I got, he'd put in the dryer, and it was gone. (laughs) Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. It's not about what somebody did to you. See, it's about, it's about what Jesus did for you. And because he did something for you, we, we have to respond in a different manner. And I know the world says, you know, you treat them like you've been treated. No, no, no. The word says you treat them like you'd like to be treated. That you offer your other cheek. Peter asked, how many times do we have to forgive? He wasn't just trying. He was trying to figure out when he gets to slug the guy back. So, I mean, we're all about that. See, we're always about like, okay, that's good. I'll, I'll do what you say for a little while, but somewhere along the way, see, that's flesh. That's vengeance. That's that thing that comes up says vengeance is the Lord's. That's that thing that comes back on the inside of us that keeps telling us, yeah, but eventually I'm going to get mine. But that never happens. She wanted to kill me plenty and never got the chance. God wouldn't let her. You know, we used to always say, I can make another one of you just like you, right? I'll take you out of it. I brought you in this world. I'll take you out of this world. I made one just like you. I'll make another one too. You know, I made you. I'll make another one like you, whatever that is. He says in Luke chapter 6, love them anyway. See, in Luke chapter 10, you don't get out of it. You got to love everybody. Then in Luke chapter 6, you know, he says you got to love them all. Even the ones that are mean, cruddy, not nice to you, all those kind of things, you got to love them. And when I think about that, I think, well, what does that look like? How do I do that? I mean, that, 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 that's like, that's like are you, you're asking me almost to do more than I can do. That's right. Most of what's in the Word, Jesus is asking us to do more than we can do in our own. More than we can, we can do in our own brain, more than we can think, more than we can, we can act, more than we can give, more than we can love, more than we can... See, he always asks us to do a little bit more. Why is that? Because he's involved in everything that you do, and he makes up the difference. And so when you're thinking now about those people who are on, you know, maybe your mental list of like, yeah, 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 everybody but them. Uh-uh, even them. If you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7, and I'm going to read them today out of the, the NIV. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. In the New King James, it actually says that, 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 that it, when you love, you have to be kind. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't just say love is patient, love is kind. It says you've got to be patient and kind. How many of you have just been waiting? I'll be patient, but I'm going to make them pay. See, it doesn't say that. It goes on, and if you read that, it says it does not boast, it does not envy, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. Moms know that. You've seen that, you just saw that video. Moms know that, man, I'm telling you what, to be a mom, you can't be a self-seeker. I've tried to, I've tried to love my mom, I've tried to take care of my mom, I've, I've always told her, Mom, someday I'll build you this house, and I'll, I'll put a room in there, and you can play the piano, and you know, I mean, I've always, I've always had these grandiesque ideas that, that you know, this is, this is what I want to do, you know, I, you want to bless Mom. But do you, do you think about mom every day? Do you, do you, you know, I mean, that, it, anyway. Moms aren't self-seeking. It is not easily angered. <laughs> there were days, I don't know. It keeps no record of wrongs. I mean, we were just sitting there eating our dinner one day. <laughs> just, ki- just kind. My brother and I on each end of the table and mom and Lori on the sides. And we were just, we were just laughing. 
enjoying family dinner, (laughs) have no idea what was going on. But all of the sudden, we were in trouble, and she was going back and forth. All we were doing was laughing. We deserved more than that in the moment, in the time. But it's never easily angered. Keeps no record of wrongs. I'm thankful. Aren't you thankful that God keeps no records of wrongs? Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Now look, it says it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. The New King James says it it bears all things, believes all things. That doesn't mean you believe everything they say. I'm not telling you if you're a kid in here to go home and say whatever you want. Say, the Bible says believe all things. Yeah, well, it says believe all good things about you. (laughs) Don't believe what comes out of their mouth. Because most of the time, truth is somewhere in the middle of what just went down. It says, hopes all things and endures all things. And really, truly, love doesn't give up. Don't give up on them. Whether it's your children, if you're a mother here, whether it's friends, whether it's enemies, whether it's people who you've shared his love with and they've done nothing but just smack you in the face in return, don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. A few years ago, about four years ago, I asked my brother, what do you think about mom when you think about her? If I had to, you know, like what, when you think about mom and all those times that we were together and all those years, what, what would you say? You know, what was like a quality or what was something that, that you could put your finger on about mom? And he said, she never gave up. She never gave up on us. He actually said, no matter how witchy or cranky or nasty Lori got, <laughs> she didn't give up on her. There were moments where she wasn't always praising the Lord. She could be a little cranky and cantankerous. He actually said, no matter how selfish, messy, or nasty I was, she never gave up on me. That was him, about him. Because he was. He's selfish, nasty, messy, all those kind of things. That's that's exactly, exactly who he was. She didn't kill him. She never gave up on him. And then he said in the end, I thought, yeah, you guys were a wreck. He said, no matter how screwed up you became, she never gave up on you. See, in your life, no matter how cranky or cantankerous you are with God, he's not going to give up on you. In your life, no matter how messy your life is, no matter how stinky it is, no matter how much past you got going on, he's not going to give up on you. His love always goes past that. And you may think, my life's screwed up and jacked up, and I don't think there's any way that he could possibly help me. Yes, he can. Because he loves you. And his love goes beyond those things in your life. Didn't get much more jacked up than me. Didn't get much more messed up than me. But I'm telling you what, as people poured in his love, as he poured in his love, it changed who I was. You can't do it in your own power. You can't do it in your own strength. You need his grace. It says in Hebrews 4, it says that that you can come to him And he'll give you grace in your time of need. It says that you come to him, come to his throne, come to his throne room. You can pour yourself out in front of him. And it says he'll give you grace in your time of need. 
Grace doesn't just mean his unmerited favor. It really truly is his ability working in you and through you. It's him empowering you and me to do the things we didn't think we could do, to be the people that we didn't think we could be. Now, we are all about his grace about nine-tenths of the time. Uh, we're about his grace when it has to do with us. I mean, maybe we, 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 we're trying to do something in our life. Maybe our kids need something in our life. You've come to him and thrown yourself down at his throne room and said, God, I need your grace. I need you to make the difference here. I need you to make the way. There's a gap. I can't get to where I need to get to without you being here. And what's on the other side of that is your blessing, and I'm going after that. But see, when you think about it in terms of those other two scriptures we read in Luke chapter 10 and chapter 6, think about it this way. Those people who were tough to love that we have a hard time loving, how about his grace making the way there so we can love them? See, how about his grace not just making the way for us to be able to get past our own needs and the things that we see like we want to be in our life, but how about his grace actually making the way so that I can love that ugly, unlovable person that continues to irritate me? Because it says his grace will make a way. It says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, that his grace is sufficient for me in my weakness. So he knows in Luke, in chapter 6 and chapter 10, that he's asking us to do something that many times in ourselves is beyond us, to love everybody that we run into and to treat them all like Jesus would. And he says, but you know what? I'm going to back that up and I'm going to send the helper. And with the helper, the Holy Spirit coming in John 14, 26, it says the helper will come. It says as the helper comes, he'll bring my grace. And as you ask for my grace, my grace is sufficient for you in your weakness. And you'll be able to do all those things that you can't do in yourself. So before we think that, you know what, I just can't love anybody. I mean, I just can't, I can't do it. I can't get past the hurt. I can't get past the pain. I can't get past the stuff. Yeah, you can. Because his grace is sufficient. It's like oil. His grace is like oil that allows the machine on the inside of you to run. Without it, we all just seize up. But with it, it all begins to work. And you think, you know what? My motor's been seized up for years. Yeah, but this is some kind of oil, man. When you pour it in there, it lubricates all those old things and gets them going again. And then on top of that, it says he pours out the helper. See, the love of Christ, it wasn't about who you were. It wasn't about a trait or a quality. It wasn't about a personality thing that you have or don't have. He loves you regardless of all that stuff. You know as well as I know that we don't all necessarily deserve his goodness and his love and his mercy and his grace to be poured into our life because we were wretched and we made mistakes. But I'm telling you what, we do deserve it on this end because we're not those people anymore. And so he pours it out in our life. And it says he sends the helper. The Holy Spirit comes. And see, the helper isn't just here in our life just to share with us the things that Jesus said, like in Luke 14, not just to tell us those things to come, like, or sorry, John 14, not to tell us things to come, like John 16, not just to empower us to witness, like we talked about last week in Acts 1-8, but, but that, that helper, that Holy Spirit, he comes and he help us, helps us endure the hostilities and the stuff that we face in the world, not so that it will necessarily be better for us, but so that we can walk in love. See, it's that oil that lubricates the relationships. It's that oil that lubricates the conversations. It's that oil that lubricates the deeds and the duties that you have in this life to love your neighbor as yourself. That's what the helper does. That's what his grace does in our life, in your life. 
See, biblical humility is the decision to put another's desires ahead of your own. And if you're not walking in humility, you're walking in pride. And it says in 1 Peter, God resists the proud but gives grace to the who? The humble. So the first step in this whole idea of saying, man, I don't know if I can love like a mother. Yeah, you can. But you've got to humble yourself and say, okay, God, I need you. I need you to help me. I don't necessarily need you to show me. Sometimes we pray, God, show me who I'm supposed to love. I think a lot of the times we already know in the back of our head because we know who we hate. (laughs) I know who I don't like. (laughs) Yeah, that's probably the person you need to be loving. Right? We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.